because it's getting ready to be on. Welcome, gangsters. I love hip-hop, Rick. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. Have a high moral standard. I love you guys. love the program. They're already famous in Rochester, but watch out, world. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Benson and Nose Guys program. Nice to have you in with us. The show's brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program with sports. It's sports programming with faith. You can find out more about me and those guys at our website, btgprogram.com. Follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. Buffalo Bills wide receiver Marquise Goodwin takes the silver medal in the long jump at the Pan Am Games. He leaping 27 feet, one and three quarter inches. That's a jump, by the way. Jeez. That, that's, a, that's good enough for the silver medal. I'm not impressed. Goodwin was a two time NCAA champion in the long jump at the University of Texas, and he finished 10th in the long jump three years ago at the London Olympics. Congratulations to Buffalo Bills' Marquise Goodwin. Too bad he's not that good at football. I wish he'd made a few of those jumps <laughs> to catch EJ Manuel passes, but. Those are hard to catch. They're not often on target. Well, at 26 feet, that's ridiculous, though. The Oakland A's walk-off win Wednesday night. This was the most awkward off walk-off wins in the history of walk-off wins. Ike Davis hits a infield single in the bottom of the 10th inning Wednesday night, barely beats it out, winning run scores, and then there's a two-minute, 45-second review as Cool and the Gang celebration is playing throughout the stadium. <laughs> Uh, people are watching the uh, insta the replay up on the screen. The Toronto Blue Jays were appearing as though they believed that it would get overturned as they're cheering the uh, the jumbotron. But then umpire Harry Hunter Wendelstedt, I'm thinking of his dad Harry. You're I'm dating myself here. Signaled that he was safe. So then the A's they've already done their celebrating. Just kind of ran to the dugout. But the A's, the poor A's, who are 11 games back in the standings, 8 in the wild card, must not have had a lot of walk-offs. Because when Josh Reddick went for the celebratory pie, shaving cream or whipped cream or whatever they had, there was none available. He had to substitute with ranch dressing. So he fills a pie with ranch dressing and shoves it in the face of Ike Davis. How, oh, Unless there's loaded fries under there, that's no bueno. That that's a lot of ranch dressing, man. I don't what I don't like ranch dressing to begin with all that much. Well, what? Let alone who doesn't like ranch dressing? I, well, I for one, as I just it's said, delicious. I, I don't like it all that much, and I certainly don't want it thrown in my face when I'm expecting no. whipped cream. What? I don't want a ranch ranch dressing pie in my face, but I'm kind of concerned you don't like ranch. I I, I don't get this. Here's something we talked about a few weeks ago. Remember when we were talking about the Buffalo Bills and the Jaguars that's going to be available out of market by pay-per-view for that sim- that single game? The NBA is planning to offer next year single-game pay-per-view telecasts for six ninety nine for your out-of-market games. 
Of course, if you're in market, you're still subject to blackout rules. But for $6.99, and we said this was coming, this is going to be available where you can buy individual games. The NBA is bringing in that next year. In fact, if you're a fan of a team and you live out of market, you can get all that team's games for $119.99. The full league pass, the full league pass will remain at the $199.99, but you can get your team. If you're a fan of, and it's an out of market team, which for instance, Zach is a Toronto Raptors. I believe you, you got to be out of market, right? I would think so. This is a big Knicks market. Even though we're closer to Toronto than we are New York City. Yeah. Speaking of the NBA, they're leaning towards not guaranteeing playoff spots for division winners. I love that. What? I love that. They're seeding, they're, they're leaning towards changing the playoff format so they're seeding one through eight, which means if you win the division, you may not necessarily make the playoffs, which is terrible. What's the sense in having the division then? Now, I get divisions. Well, if you want to do that, but why have a division if you're not going to allow that champion to go to the playoffs? Now, once they're in the playoffs, you can seed them. Let's say the, the you win your division and yet you belong in your, the eighth seed. That's fine. You shouldn't get the second seed just for winning a division. But if you win your division, you have to go to the playoffs. Otherwise, yeah. what's the sense of the division? Portland got the number four seed in last year's Western Conference by winning the Northwest Division, but they would have been seeded six with the uh, win-loss record that they're proposing for next year. I like it. I, I wish more, more. Uh, wow, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of. More leagues would go to that. Like I'm thinking the NFC South last year. No team from that division deserved the playoffs. Yet someone had to go. Like I, I like this a lot. Staying with the NBA. The Lakers had a news conference to introduce Brandon Bass, Lou Williams, and Roy Hibbert. They had it all. <laughs> this is funny. It, it, it was awkward when they asked the question, have you yet to hear from Kobe Bryant? They don't have the accolades to hear from And him. obviously this doesn't translate well on radio, but if you see the video, and they're just... <laughs> There's just that silence, and I guess it wasn't all that long, but it seemed like an eternity. And they were just turning in the wind. they're looking. It's because no one said anything. No one even said no. They're all just kind of like. Well, Hibbert, Hibbert shook his head no. Eventually, Best has smiled, you know. But what kind of leadership is that from Kobe? I, I've been a Kobe defender. I think he's a great basketball player, but there's a reason free agents don't want to go there by the scores. Yeah. And it's because there's a lack of leader. You can't you leave these guys. I know everybody's got a different leadership style. But when a free agent signs with your team and you are the face of that franchise, you have to reach out to them. You got to give them some sort of parameter or, or, or something to let them know if you don't even reach out at all, they're just hanging there. Isn't Kobe the one that told Smush Parker he didn't have the accolades to talk to him? Like, that's just Kobe. You should know that when you're signing with the Lakers. But you should also know, if you're Kobe Bryant, that you have to reach out for them. You got three guys that just, I think one of them was traded for. The other two were free agents. But you got to reach out to them. You got to at least welcome to L.A. Anything you need, let me know. Even if you're insincere, you got to reach out to them and say something. You know, I, I got to defend Kobe because these were not the big three targets they were going after. Maybe he's a little upset. He doesn't want to talk to him. He's still stewing over the fact that no one wants to be a Laker anymore. 
So he carries that into the season. I don't want you here. That's that's building team chemistry from day one. That's just well. And then you got their their new rookie that uh, a few years ago he tweeted something about no means no and said behave yourself in Denver, Kobe. And now he's on the team. This is just shaping up to be a really good season for the Lakers. It's too bad there's not an NBA version of Hard Knocks because they should definitely follow the Lakers <laughs> around. How about we've always said hockey players are tough. Washington Stanislav Galiev. This is gross. Ate a still beating Cobra Heart. <laughs> still beating Cobra Heart. He ate the snake's heart in a shot of blood and then also ate the reptile's gallbladder. No, stop. Why? I mean, if you're, well, because you're trying to prove you're a tough guy. They've, they've questioned his toughness and now he's. I'm pretty sure even Rambo would be like, dude, no, that's nasty. Like, I, what? What's does the that, context? That of doesn't this? prove you're tough. That just, that just proves you're an insane. idiot. You're just like, no, man. <laughs> that just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you because you're really creepy. That is so weird. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Coming up later in the program, we're going to talk a little bit about JJ Watt and his comments regarding social media. We also asked the question. How important are sports to you? Benson and those guys will be back after the break. We're brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives. Ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Bets of the Nose, guys. The show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We're glad you've chosen to join us. Mick Fanning, three-time world surfing champion Mick Fanning, attacked by a shark Sunday afternoon off the coast of South Africa but escaped unharmed. I, it's so difficult to even read this This the copy of this report. It says, Fanning, who battled the shark for a few seconds before it swam away. Battled the shark for a few seconds. We were talking about this on last week's show or two weeks ago, and Zach came to the defense of sharks everywhere. <laughs> so 
Mick Fanning. He didn't well, battle anything. He, he says he battled the shark for a few seconds before it swam away. He was visibly shaken. I'm assuming Fanning, yeah. not necessarily the shark. <laughs> and then here's his quote. All of a sudden, I just had this instinct that something was behind me. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I started getting pulled underwater. Then the shark came up, and I was on my board, and it was like right there. And I saw the whole thing thrashing around. I was getting dragged under by my left or by my leg wrap, and then I felt like it kicked me off, but I was still there, and I was still attached to my board. It felt like I was dragging me underwater, and then my leg wrap broke, and I started swimming and screaming. Yeah, he didn't battle the shark. He kicked his legs and started screaming like all of us would have done. That's not a battle. That's you freaking out. Well, I saw an interview where he said he was punching it near the eye. Which is what you're supposed to do. Dude, but. that's all man. Yeah. You're taking on the great white. Although, I'm trying to read his quote, and I've just got Jeff Spicoli's voice <laughs> in my head as I'm trying to read this. But I'm just fighting a shark. I've seen a Spicoli impression. I've seen a lot of Shark Week. I don't know why you'd go into the water in South Africa or Australia. There's, Those just seem like where all the shark attacks happen. So that's kind of on him. Yeah, there's a big white sharks in South Africa. That's... <laughs> Uh, you know, you go from that, and I'm looking at this video online, and, and maybe you can Google it. The Spurs' Tony Parker. Here's a headline. <laughs> Spurs' Tony Parker evades angry tiger in French game show. It turns out that he and a, another, a couple other players, uh, Boris Diaw, Ronnie Turiaf, appearing on a French game show, which will air July 25th, it's also got a YouTube following, but he's trying to get away, pedaling from an angry tiger. What, what, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm sure the Spurs aren't too happy about this. Yeah, it, there's a video. I'm, I'm looking at this video, and he's growling back at the tiger. These guys are growling at the tiger. It's a tiger. It's a shark. What? What is wrong with you people? Yeah, that's that's not cool. That's. I'm sure the Spurs probably didn't know because I can't see them being like, yeah, it's okay, run from this tiger on the game show. Yeah, how in the world do you let that happen? I don't think you do. Zach asked me the question a few weeks back of how you become a fan of the teams you root for. And that was such an interesting question to me, and I've asked uh, others. And as I've asked, it's been fascinating to hear the wide array of answers. For me, becoming a fan of the teams I root for, it was really geographical. I grew up in the Hudson Valley Catskills, and all my teams are New York City teams. But here's... Here's the thing. While I may like both baseball teams or both football or bat, ho hockey, whatever it is, I like both New York City teams. However, I like one just slightly less, as long as they're not doing better than my favorite. For instance, I'm an Islanders fan. Now, I like the Rangers a lot, but I like the Rangers just as long as they're not doing better than the Islanders. I want them to always be like a game behind of my favorite. Same thing, same thing with the Mets. I like the Mets. I'm They're happy harmless. for the Mets. They're harmless. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> but I like them as long as they're not doing as well as the Yankees. No worries. I lived uh, two years in Florida right when the Tampa Bay Lightning came in the league. So I've kind of adopted them as well. They're not a New York City team, obviously. But I kind of like them as long as they don't outplay the Islanders. But I never really returned the question. So I'd like to ask each of those guys. How, how did you, Zach, I'll start with you. How did you become a fan of the teams you root for? Well, I'm a Yankees fan um, because my late grandmother was a Yankee fan. So we were at her house a lot. So growing up, I spent a lot of time on her lap watching 
the Yankees, and she introduced me to Don Mattingly and David Cohn and Mickey Mantle. And she stuff. knew all those guys. <laughs> oh, I wish. Um, but That's what he just said. Zach, <laughs> this is Don. Don, Zach. She introduced him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're buds. We hang out. Um, no, but but who they are and why I should be a fan of them and how they play the game the right way and everything. And so, you know, I was indoctrinated from the time I was in diapers. I was watching these games and um, it just, you know, you guys are Yankee fans. You know how it is. Once you start watching, you're a fan. You kind of hook. You like the whole winning thing. It, yeah, it works. Yeah. And, Winning's uh, fun. I'm a Bills fan because my dad was a Bills fan. You like punishment. And, uh, well... And you guys are like this too. We're old enough that you remember the days where you could only watch your local teams back before you had packages. Back when the Bills were good. Anybody. So, you know, the Bills were always on, so we watched them, and I was a, uh, became a fan. And, um, the funny thing is, my dad was originally a Cowboys fan, but, um, the same deal. You know, up here, he couldn't ever watch them, so he ended up just rooting for the Bills, and I did the same. And I'm a, I'm a New York Ranger fan because, um, a lot of the Yankees writers that I, have followed on Twitter and stuff have also commented about the Rangers enough that I felt like I kind of knew what was going on with them. And I wanted to get back into being into watching hockey. Cause since I hadn't done it since before the lockout and they seem like a logical team. So I've just been following them ever since. And the Raptors we know about, cause that happened on the show. We had that big free agent signing and they, they approached you. And yeah, I, I remember that there. How'd you become a fan of the teams you root for? You know, I, I, I've just kind of always liked the New York teams. The only non-New York team I, I liked growing up was the Bulls because of Michael Jordan, obviously. But now I, I since became a Knicks fan because once I was, I was down at, at Liberty University going to college and that was when the Yankees and Red Sox team had that big, you know, early 2000s rivalry going. And I wore my Yankees hat everywhere because I'm a Yankees fan because of Don Mattingly grew up playing first base. I really liked him. So. I'm wearing my Yankees hat everywhere, and all these all these people are wearing Boston hats. Going, oh, go Boston, Boston rules, yeah, the nation. I'm like, where, where are you from? Texas, California. I'm like, don't you have teams there to root for? No, but you're just hopping on the Boston bandwagon because they're good right now. That's when I decided that I would only like New York teams, so that's how I became a, a Knicks fan. They were terrible then, so I made the switch, and Michael Jordan wasn't with the Bulls anymore, so they weren't worth watching. And like Zach, though, I grew up watching the the Bills. Back when they I were get, good, I can so. I can get down if somebody becomes a fan of a team that's winning. Listen, somebody's a San Francisco Forty ers fan. I'm not talking about a thirty year old, no, a twelve year old. Talking about fine. a ten year old, he's he's just getting into sports. The team is winning. It's it's all I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But now when you put them on the shelf and you pick somebody else, I don't I don't get that too much. But expanding on that thought just a bit, why are sports so important to us? To us, and, and should they be? I think there are a number of fairly obvious answers, such as the many life lessons learned from participation in sports, the physical and even mental benefits from playing sports, the social benefits from being part of a team. But what about being fans? Why are sports such an important part of our lives and it dominates so many, so much of the conversations that we have? For me, I enjoy the break it provides mm-hmm. from real life issues. It's a form of Relaxation, really, no different than watching TV or going to the movies. I enjoy the sense uh, of drama that a close game brings, the way others enjoy drama in the plot of a story. You think of the A's-Giants World Series, I think it was in 89, delayed by the earthquake. And when that series resumed, it signaled for many a return of sorts to normality, to normal life. After 9-11, when baseball resumed, it was much the same, especially for those in New York City and the New York City teams. The Bible doesn't specifically address, really, 
participation in sporting events. There are some who feel, though, that it's an unnecessary distraction from the things of God. And I, and I can understand that. But they think that perhaps sports brings an unhealthy correlation with sinful things, alcohol abuse, gambling addictions and such. And I don't think that's different than anything else, really. It needs to be monitored, and it needs to be kept in moderation. A believer who participates in sports or who's a fan of sports needs to guard against it becoming an idol in their life. First John 5.21 says, keep, idol, keep yourselves from idols, an idol being anything that is placed in higher importance to you than is God. Never allow, never allow sports to become more important to you than your relationship with God. It's fine to be interested in sports, to be knowledgeable about sports. You guys both love sports, to be a fan of a certain team. The problem is there's far too many people who can name all the hockey teams or all the baseball teams, but cannot name books or characters of the Bible and who cannot recite a verse for memorization. There's far too many people who will spend hours playing or watching sports each day, but don't spend more than a few minutes, if any at all, in prayer or reading the Bible. Our priorities in life should be ordered in such that they they honor and they glorify Christ. Christians, of course, are called to be separate from the world, but we have no choice but to be part of it. Paul says you need to go out of the world if you want to avoid every sinful person there is. The fact of the matter is, if believers hung around only with other believers, they'd never have anything to do with the world around them. They'd never... Uh, they would fail, really, to be the salt and the light that they're instructed to be. As Christians, we have to work, we have to play, we have to uh, associate daily with those who are unsaved, who those who don't believe as we do. And regardless of what part you play in life or what position on the team, we are to be witnesses for Christ. And this is where I want to bring this point back to, why sports are so important. It's an opportunity to be an example of Christ for all who see. We should take every opportunity to show others what Christianity is about, always keeping our conduct above reproach. Many professional athletes are hardly role models. Uh, who hasn't heard of players raping or even beating women? That's why guys like Tim Tebow and Russell Wilson, they, they're so outspoken about their faith. They stand out. Well, all of us as believers should stand out in the, the leagues we play in. A lot of debate whether you should play in a church rec league or, or a local beer league. Man, I have no issue if, if Christians form a team and they go into a local beer league and they ought to stand out as an example. They ought to be separate. They ought to be something different. If a Christian athlete is really praying, he's really seeking a way to share Christ with others, God will, will provide those opportunities. One of the main reasons I love sports ministry so much is it provides so many opportunities to talk about Christ. I can pick out leaders. You can see future leaders because you get to see people where they really live. You can fake it. Sunday morning you go to church with a nice clothes or carrying a big old Bible, but you get that same person out on the basketball court where the elbows are flying and the bodies are bumping up and it gets a little rough. You get to see people the way they really are. Their true selves tend to come out a little bit, and you have an opportunity to minister to them and talk about Christ. You think about youth sports. Youth, kids, people may remember their coach. Maybe you don't remember 
every adult in your life, but you remember your coaches. You guys probably remember your your coaches. What an opportunity for that coach to have an impact on a mm-hmm. young person's life through sports. People will share things with a teammate, maybe because you kind of know them, but you know they're not so close. But they'll share some things with a teammate that they may not share in other circles. People may come to a softball game or another sporting activity offered through the church when they would never dream of coming to the actual church on a Sunday morning. For me, sports is just, it's important not only for the enjoyment and the relaxation it provides me, but for the many opportunities to glorify God and be a witness for his name and really just ministering to others in the name of Christ. I think sports has a real opportunity to reach people that aren't reached in other ways. So sometimes it burdens me, and I I don't understand. Different people will have different feelings about it. I understand. But when people try to impose on me their thoughts of why sports are evil, well, I have all these examples of why sports are a great opportunity, and it's no different from anything else. We're going to take a break. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The 2015 NBBA World Series, that's the National Beep Baseball Association World Series. What is Beep Baseball? That's blind baseball. They're coming to Rochester, New York, the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton, starting Tuesday, July 28th, and continuing through Saturday, August 1st. Games are at 9 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 2.30 p.m. Admission is free. Concessions will be available, and there will be a team from Rochester. The Rochester Red Wings will be competing, not those Rochester Red Wings. But teams are coming from all over the world, Canada, two Taiwanese teams, all over the country, Chicago, Boston, Minnesota, others, 2015 NBBA World Series, Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton, July 28th through Saturday, August 1st. Come support the Rochester Red Wings and the rest of the NBBA World Series. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. You can find out more about me and the guys at our website, btgprogram.com. We also have some of our old broadcasts. In fact, we have all of our old broadcasts archived there. And at this point, there's a lot of them. There's over a year's worth. Yeah. Because we're successful, um, highly recruited. What are other some well respected fictional adjectives I can use? <laughs> Well respected, there you go. On talented. On Rochester's number one faith based sports program heard on this station at this hour. We own this time slot. <laughs> Zach Johnson won the open, the open. I guess it's not the British Open, it's the open. I like Zach Johnson's uh P three. Practice hard, play hard, pray hard. He said that he prepped for the tournament by reading scripture verses and praying for strength and perseverance. His quote is, I was reading bits of scripture to myself, things like Psalm 24, 7, which reads, Lift up your heads, your gates be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. He says, I've been reading them all week. I thank God for the talent he's given me, and I take it seriously. 
humble guy. He says, I'm just a guy from Iowa. I'm just a, uh, yeah, I'm just a guy from Iowa, and, and to have a green jacket and the claret jug is unbelievable, but it won't define who I am. It will not be my legacy. My wife and kids are my legacy. Good guy, Zach Johnson. Congratulations, winner of this year's Open. I keep, I want to say British Open. It just sounds right to say British Open, but yeah. I guess it's just the Open. How, by the way, how, What's the word I'm looking for? Snobbish? How? Uh, it's just the British way of doing things. It's I mean, you're really stuck on yourself. Oh no, we're just the open. We're like, we're the Ohio State University. What? The U. The yeah. U. Do you see that Arizona's David Peralta listed day to day? But did you see that pitch oh, that, that he was took? So to the scary! Head? Right to the ear hole of the helmet. That hurts. That that was so ugly. And then he went down and he didn't move. Like it, you assume the worst when that happens. I didn't. I didn't see it hit his shoulder, but he says it hit his shoulder first. And then, but I, I've seen the replay a number of times, and I, I, I can't see it hit his shoulder. But I guess he would know best. I guess so. Jose Fernandez, who pitched the ball, said it's really scary. You never want to hit someone in the head. The ball came out of my hand. I knew it was a really bad pitch. I was hoping for him to not get hit. I'm not too happy about that. Jose Fernandez of the Marlins who made that pitch, and he was visibly disturbed. Oh, yeah. I was troubled afterwards when the D-backs are jawing at the umpire. In fact, Turner Ward, the hitting coach, was ejected for the game for yelling. For, did, they, did they really think that this was intentional? Here, Here's a quote from... Is this Turner or Oh, this is Chip Hale, the Diamondbacks manager. He said, nobody should be pitching the ball by somebody's head. It is not the place to go. You just can't do that. People always say he didn't mean to do it. He probably didn't mean to do it. But nobody knows that. Really? You could see in his reaction he didn't mean to do it. Reportedly, Fernandez and Peralta have become friends uh, prior to this incident. So you think he's thrown at his friend's head? No. You could see how bothered he was. Here's the thing. Sometimes mistakes happen. Sometimes even in your workplace, mistakes happen. It, it, it just does. That's why they're called accidents. That's why they're called mistakes. I don't, I know in baseball there's the unwritten rule. So, of course, the Diamondbacks, uh, need to get back at, at, at the Marlins. So they hit their left fielder. With a pitch, and he did it. He hit it in the in the backside. He got it in a in a good spot. But what it, what is the sense in that? I get the unwritten rules, and I see when you have these things escalate, and you got to address them. But this was obviously not an intentional. Can't just can't you just not go to the unwritten rules at this point? Let it go. Yeah, and it, it seems like this year, especially in baseball, there's been a lot of that that victim mentality where. Oh, you took our shortstop out with a dirty slide. Well, he's trying to break up a double play, you know, so we're going to throw at your guy's face. And That just seems like all year long that's been going on around the league. The trading deadline is coming up. We've already seen a couple of trades go down. Uh, we may see more by the time this broadcast airs. Scott Casimir is moving from the Oakland A's on his way to uh, Tampa. To Houston. To Houston. I'm sorry. What division. was I thinking? Tampa. Yeah. And going home to Houston. He's a, he's a Houston guy. Who, there's just a couple of, uh, Ramos Ramirez moving from Milwaukee to Pittsburgh. Back to the Pirates. There's 
you know, probably more, and there'll certainly be more by next week, but there'll probably be one or two more before we even air. So let me ask you guys the question this way. Who is the biggest game changer out there? I don't, you know, obviously I don't think it's Scott Casimir. Who, if they move, for instance, if Jonathan Papelbon is moved by the Phillies somewhere, is he the biggest impact player? Is he the biggest game changer? I don't think so. Um because again, he's pitching at the end of ball games. You have to get a lead to him. For so, him to so then, who is in your mind? Who's the biggest game changer? I think available? it's got to be starting pitching. I think it's got to be Johnny Cueto or Cole Hamels, depending mm-hmm. on where they end up. But you have teams like which Kim- they may not end up anywhere. But right. if they move, you think Johnny Cueto would be the biggest game changer? Yes, out there. Speaking of another red, though, I heard the Reds may be interested in dealing or uh, this Chapman. Dude throws. Over a hundred miles an hour. He's a game changer. I don't care where he pitches in the game. He goes to somebody's team. He makes that team infinitely better. Yeah, I, I would agree. He does make that team better, obviously. Uh, you throw with that kind of velocity, but I don't know that you could be the top game changer out there because you're a reliever. You got to have the lead for that guy to even be coming into the game. Yeah, but if you're a buyer at this point, you have leads at the end of the game. So adding Chapman is going to change the game for you. So who who out there becomes the most desperate team to make a move? Who has to make a move to stay where they are, top of division, or who has to make a move? Who's desperate to make that move to close the gap? The Astros. For instance, the Yankees have needs. They obviously have some needs. But they're sitting at at the time we're recording this on a a five-and-a-half game lead. Are they the most desperate to, or, or, or maybe I should say the most needful, to get a couple of pieces to keep themselves in that position or somebody else more needful to get a couple of guys to put them over the top? I don't know if I trust the Yankees to continue this streak that they're on. Again, we've been saying it all year. We said it before the season started. The Yankees are so old. I don't like the rotation, all this stuff. Well, you know what? So far it's worked. So I got to say the Astros just based solely on the fact that they, I think they want to prove to not only the entire world that's watching baseball, but themselves that the first half wasn't a fluke. I mean, they've surprised everybody, probably including themselves. I would say, like Zach said in the break when we were talking about it, they need another bat. Who are you saying? Their first baseman, Chris, Chris Carter. Chris Carter and, and John Singleton. They're the same player. Chris Carter, who all he does is catch touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, that touchdowns. one. He's playing first base for them now. Yeah, No, they both have huge power, but they strike out more than Mark Reynolds. So, Team, I think is desperate is a team we haven't really talked much about at the deadline in the past except as sellers i think it's the minnesota twins oh yeah you look at them they're in second place in that division they're not catching kansas city kansas city is going to run away with it they're in the second wild card spot right now i think kansas city i think they could use a bat and i think they could use another starter as well and i think um i don't know they're going to prioritize one over the other i think they're going to get whatever they can afford but i would keep an eye on the twins at the deadline Coming out of the break and into the break, a couple of teams playing well have opened up leads. The Yankees have opened up, uh, stretched out their lead a bit. They've gone eight and ten over the ten games. Eight uh, and two. Eight, eight, eight and two over the previous ten games. Uh, Kansas City seven and three. But we haven't mentioned the Mets, and I think they have to be, to me, the most desperate. It's hard for me to say the Astros because they're ahead of schedule. They're yeah. not, you know, it, there's really no pressure. If you're ahead of schedule the way they are, you're almost playing with house money. But the Mets, to me, they're three games behind the Nationals. 
They're two and a half games uh, behind in the wild card. They have to make a move. Now, the problem for the Mets is they're sitting on all that starting pitching. They're going to have to part with somebody to get the bat that they want. It's they, they need some bats. And you don't get without giving something. And I just don't think that Jonathan Neese is going to bring back the piece that you really want to put you over the top. So for me, I see the the Mets as the most Dude, desperate team to make a move. If you're the Nationals, though, are you a little bit worried? I mean, you're you're only three games up in your in your division. They they were expected to be a lot better than just nine games over 500. On paper, everyone's like, oh, they're the winners of the World Series. Like, you think they're panicking a little bit? You think they think they need to make a move? I don't know if they're panicking. I would think they're maybe a little um, underperforming. I don't even know if they're disappointed, but I think they know they're capable of, of more. I don't think they're panicking. With that pitching staff, you get yourself to September and you get in, and that's where you become most dangerous. I mean, you shorten the, the series, and with that kind of pitching, you're really dominant. I, I still see Washington and L.A. Dodgers in a National League Championship Series for the ages. I think that'll, and that'll Washington's, be great. Washington's had a lot of injuries, too. Jason Wirth and Ryan Zimmerman. Bryce Harper missed a little bit of time. Yeah. I think they have to look at those injured guys as their trade deadline pickups. They also got to look in, at the division and realize that they're lucky to be in that division because any other one, they're not winning second or maybe even third yeah, in they, the Central. They get so. to play the Braves, Phillies, and Marlins. So. Yeah, the Phillies are just all kinds of bad. And Cole Hamels may be leaving the division, so who knows? Yeah, we've been saying that for three years. I'll believe it when I see it. We're going to go to another break. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about J.J. Watt and his comments regarding social media. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to the show. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. J.J. Watt was heard recently giving fairly sound advice specifically to high school athletes, but which also applies to all, and the advice being to think about the content of your social media postings prior to sending them. 
what advice about would you give kids about that? Because it can work both ways, right? Read each tweet about 95 times before you send it. Um, look at every Instagram post about 95 times before you send it. There's just a reputation takes years and years and years to build, and it takes one press of a button to ruin. So don't let that happen to you. You've done so much work. You've put in so much time, so much effort. Don't let one moment ruin your entire life because you wanted to be funny or you were mad or because you had a, a mood. Just be extremely smart about what you do. And if you use it properly, you can use it unbelievably. And you can do great things with social media. You can interact with your fans and have a lot of fun and share with the world what you're doing. Um, but just be very smart about it. Great advice from J.J. Watt. And the idea... Uh, that your reputation is such it takes you a long time to build it up but it doesn't take long to break that down it really he's exactly right it only takes one stupid comment one stupid action and from a uh, a believer in Jesus Christ from from that perspective it's even more so cuz not only do you have your reputation but you have your testimony your reputation and you are representing the king of kings one of the obvious problems in social media as well in any email or even in text, you can't hear a tone of voice. So maybe you're trying to be funny and it doesn't come off funny in social media. You intended it that way, but because there's no tone of voice, it's not heard that way. There are no facial expressions. It's it's sometimes very difficult to determine intent behind the comments. And obviously this leads to misunderstanding one of the guys i know uh is just the king at brevity when it comes to emails and that's by design because he doesn't want to be misinterpreted email is simply to communicate a message and he doesn't and the same thing with social media these uh when you make a post or you get in a debate you can't pick up on a tone of voice but beyond miscommunicating there are also many who share something on social media that they would never share openly in front of people, whether it be words or or images. Somehow people extend the safety and the privacy of their own space to the entire reaches of the social media world. And there are still others who 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 troll and are either just looking for attention or they're looking for a reaction, just pushing buttons to see how far they can push people before somebody snaps. The problem is not necessarily that exchange. If Zach and I are having an exchange and I'm just sort of poking the bear to see if I can get a reaction, that might be humor between him and I. But somebody unrelated to that doesn't understand that, and they form an opinion, and they come away with a misconception because of the social media exchange between us. Uh, problem is, other people uh, completely uninvolved in that conversation, maybe even too smart to get involved in the com- that conversation, come away with the perception that you may not be pleased with. I've said a number of times that you only need to read the online comments area of any article, any online article, to you really see the lowest common denominator of human society. <laughs> I mean, that's where the real low dredges live. Just, Some of the comments are just that they come sort of out of left field, just so foul and so it's like there's no there's no policing it. There's no, some of the things people say are downright horrible. 
yet as J.J. Watt so clearly says, social media can indeed be can be useful. It can be used to keep you connected. It can be used to encourage and many other positive things. But when it's used carelessly, it can come at a cost. Jesus warns us such in Matthew twelve thirty six when he says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. That verse bothers me a little bit because I know I say an awful lot of things carelessly. I do. We do this radio show. A lot of it is uh, <laughs> sometimes very careless. What the things we say, we will give an account to it. And but as believers, we have a responsibility to represent our faith appropriately. Now, you may not struggle with alcohol, and and certainly what you do in your own home is up to you as long as it's not sinful. But when you are on social media posting photos of your lavish party, your wine trip, it's no longer just in your home. Now it's out in public for everyone's inspection. And whether it's right or wrong, it's also out there for people to form an opinion about you or about the situation or worse, about the church or the Savior that you represent. Regardless of how much information they have to form that opinion, they might have just a breadcrumb of a thought, but yet they're going to form an opinion on you based on the picture they saw or the situation you're in. And not only does it affect you, but it affects those around you. Your reputation is brought into question as well as those who are associated with you. And remember, we have a responsibility to not be a stumbling block to other people who may not have the maturity or who may not understand the position that we're taking on social media. And and yes, to some extent, you are responsible for what other people think and for what they do not understand if you are the, the stumbling block that's causing that. So much of what's shared on social media is just, it's not helpful. It can even be destructive. And we ought to limit ourselves to some degree of what we're saying, careful of what we're speaking. Proverbs ten nineteen says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whosoever restrains his lips is prudent. It's prudent to just be quiet. You don't always have to say something. The Bible instructs us to restrain our lips. The quieter the individual, the less trouble he will get in with his words. And we all have this sinful nature, which gives us this exaggerated sense of self-importance. Why in the world do we think the world just absolutely has to know what we think? You go through Twitter, you go through Instagram, Facebook, there are so many opinions out there. Why do you think everybody cares about your every thought? And we all know that guy that shares everything they do throughout the entire day, what lunch they ate, the snack they had. If if they're a runner, they always post how far they ran. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it must be against the law to run and not make a post. It doesn't count <laughs> if you didn't post it. Yeah. Now, again, that stuff is fairly harmless, and that's not doing anybody any harm. But uh, Philippians 2.3 tells us that in humility, count others more significant than yourself. So before you get on there thinking, I need to tell the world what I think, maybe we need to consider others more significant than ourselves. When an article makes us angry or 
We want to spit nails about it. We ought to, as Watt says, take a few minutes to think about it, read it 95 times before we actually send it. James 1.19 says, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Time and prayer has a way of bringing about, uh, about a much less offensive or a hostile, much less hostile comment. Take some time to think about it. You don't have to sit, hit send immediately. There's a, there's been times where I just write this blistering email, put it aside for a little bit, just don't hit send. It happened recently. Some guy was challenging me and I, I was frustrated. And we have a little bit of a, um, a delicate history, if you will. And this guy was just, he was ripping into me on one thing or another. And I just, I composed this blistering email. But before I could send it, God intervened and the guy actually called me. And because we could pick up on one another's tone of voice, the whole thing was just sort of disarmed. And it was, I just, I started praising God immediately that I didn't send the email and I just, what a joy it was to delete it. The Bible has more to say about the things we, about our speak, the things we say more than anything else. I want to share these two verses with you. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always, always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And then Ephesians 4.29 says, no, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. The overall purpose for speaking is to glorify God, to encourage others. And obviously, we use it to communicate basic messages, but if we apply Colossians 4.6, if we apply Ephesians 4.29 to our social media postings, there'll be, there'll be little occasion for backlash. And the final verse I want to share on this is James 3.6, which is, And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For crying out loud, don't start fires by causing troubles with the things you say or the posts you make. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Best Solutions. The 2015 NBBA World Series, that's the National Beep Baseball Association World Series. What is beep baseball? That's blind baseball. They're coming to Rochester, New York. The Grace and Truth sports park in hilton starting tuesday july 28th and continuing through saturday august 1st games are at 9 a.m 11:30 a.m and 2:30 p.m admission is free concessions will be available and there will be a team from rochester the rochester red wings will be competing not those rochester red wings but teams are coming from all over the world canada two taiwanese teams all over the country chicago boston minnesota others 2015 NBBA World Series Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton, July 28th through Saturday, August 1st. Come support the Rochester Red Wings and the rest of the NBBA World Series. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. 
This week's unreasonable sporting news update is brought to you by Harvard University for predicting the Dolphins will win the AFC East. It's no secret Harvard is full of smart people, but apparently that intelligence does not extend to sports. Speaking of football, we are now roughly 50 days away from the start of the NFL season. 50 is also the Raiders' spot in the NFL power rankings, the number of games Cowboys fans think their team will win this year. The Browns' projected point total for 2015, Trent Richardson's career rushing total, and the number of injuries RG3 is projected to have this season. According to Vegas, the odds of three tornadoes filled with sharks hitting the U.S. is 2,500% greater than the Browns winning the Super Bowl. And Space Jam fans rejoice. A Space Jam 2 is in the works starring LeBron James. The, the plot centers around LeBron losing in the finals with the Toon Squad and then signing with the Monstars for the next season. And finally, Odell Beckham Jr. in an unprecedented move has decided to hold out on just his second season asking for top wide receiver and top cornerback money for, quote, catching all the interceptions Eli tries to throw. Stay tuned right here for more on this developing and completely understandable breaking story. That's Darren with this week's Unreasonable Rant. Speaking of unreasonable, the United States men's soccer team losing to Jamaica, and I guess that's not the unreasonable part, It's but soccer fans across the United States are all wanting to jump off a bridge. Like this was a... A, a big deal of sorts, and, and for the most part, Jamaica United, bad. United States lost, and nobody cares. In the Gold Cup, this was not. They're calling for Klinsman's job, and this is the sky is falling, and chickens are taking over the earth type <laughs> stuff. And uh, it, to me, this just isn't a big deal. They lost to Jamaica, sure, and probably shouldn't have. They now have to. Uh, have a playoff for a berth in a in the Confederation Cup next season, or for the 2017 Confederation Cup, I should say. But to me, the this, this same thing happened four years ago. The United States dropped the game, the Gold Cup final to Mexico, and rebounded from that fairly well. But soccer soccer fans all across the United States are jumping off bridges. So if you jump, if you drive past a bridge and see a soccer fan on it, do talk them down. On the bright side, maybe this gets us a Cool Runnings too, about soccer. Cool Runnings, by the way, the great movie. It was a good movie. That is the first movie. That was my wife and I's first date. We went and saw Cool Runnings. So if that ever comes up in a trivia game somewhere, or you know, it's on a when we're huge and famous. When you're huge and famous. Before we get to our pest of the week, I want to talk about as long as we're talking about soccer. David Beckham, uh, Ryan so Seacrest's new show, Knock Knock Live. Beckham traveled to the home of the Gonzalez family to give them a surprise. The athlete uh, uh, offers each person, I don't know how many are in the family, but uh, he gives each person a brand-new iPhone with a 10-year prepaid plan, and then he gives them a $100,000 check. This is just a, a, a nice thing he does. He wanted to, Beckham, for appearing on the show, wanted to present this gift to somebody that was similar to him. And the Gonzalez's are a family. The, the dad was a, was a soccer player who had to take a job in the construction field, gets to see his family about once a month before he, before he gets to come home. So Beckham identified with that background as one of being as similar to his own. He came from a hardworking family, so he presented this. So good job, David Beckham. iPhones for the Gonzalez family, 10-year prepaid plan, along with a 
$100,000 check. My pest of the week this week is Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell, who can be seen on the Houston Astros telecast of a recent game, grabbing the left breast of what I assume is his girlfriend. Now, the problem is he's sitting right in the front row (laughs) behind home plate, and it's clear as day. There's like a seven-year-old sitting in the seat behind him, and he's grabbing this girl uh, right there on camera. And the neat thing, well, I shouldn't, that's a terrible way to say it. The neat thing, the unfortunate thing, is the exact same time Bagwell is grabbing his girl in public, the batter is sitting there grabbing himself. So (laughs) My pest of the week is Jeff Bagwell. My pest of the week is former Broncos and Patriots running back Cedric Cobbs, who was arrested and jailed over the weekend on charges of first-degree promoting prostitution. He was booked after he reportedly drove a woman to a cheap hotel and arranged for her to spend time with another gentleman, who was an undercover officer. Police also found uh, a pipe used to smoke meth in his vehicle. He also was recently been indicted on charges of dealing prescription pain pills. So, Cedric Cobb's not headed in the right direction with his life. My pest of the week is the University of Texas, which made $161 million in 2014, and they're going to pull free meals away from their coaches in order to save $300,000. You made $161 million last year, and you're worried about saving $300,000? Are you kidding me? I mean, I get it. You're probably paying your coaches a good amount of money and you assume they can afford to buy themselves their own food. But I'm sure you have plenty of other areas where you could, you know, try and save some cash, but instead you do this. This just seems ridiculous to me. Before we close out the show, I just want to mention the Fresno Grizzlies, who Zach was over social media this week uh, talking about their name change for becoming the Fresno Tacos. And what a great uniform and hat they put for this promotion. It was only a temporary thing that they were, but they have sold nearly 900 hats with that taco logo on it in the first 50 hours after the announcement. 900 hats. I'm trying to buy one right now. They're amazing. They have this bright green hat where there's a big yellow taco on they, the front. And- they sold 16 Fresno Grizzly hats. In the entire first three weeks of July and sold 900 Fresno taco hats in 50 hours. I'm, I'm thinking someone, a lot of people want these because I'm trying to go to the website right now and it says that it cannot connect to the server. We've re- It says we've received orders from all but nine U.S. states plus Canada, New Zealand, and South Africa. <laughs> Jeez. We've all already had to order our original supply. This was for the taco throwdown. Uh, which has turned into an annual event, which features nearly 20 taco trucks from the Fresno area. That has to be a fun night. Anyone else 20 taco we need to trucks. Get on a plane to Fresno, I, like right now. How long would it take us to get there? The tacos probably would no longer be fresh. I want to thank you for joining us this week, Benson and those guys. As always, is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solution. And as I've said a number of time on this show, you can find out more about me and the guys at our website, btgprogram.com. By the way, if you are the first person to visit that website this week, you'll probably be the only person to visit. (laughs) You all thought I was going to offer a prize there. btgprogram.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys. The show is brought to you by Town & Country Pestle. (laughs) 